Hi, I'm Charles Critchell, and I'm the founder and editor of Fair City, a London-based city transport think tank, which aims to advocate that city transport can be more accessible, equitable, and sustainable for the users it serves. I'd like to start by welcoming you to our Insight series, where in each episode, a guest and I will discuss how COVID-19 has specifically impacted the transport network and urban fabric of a global city, and the ways in which this could develop both during and beyond the current pandemic. Today we're focusing on Bogota, the capital city of Colombia and the sixth of our global cities. Known as the Athens of South America, Bogota was characterized by urban decay and civil unrest for much of the 20th century, but has since restored its reputation as a vibrant and industrious capital city. With a modern day population of just over 7.4 million people, Bogota has strong financial, infrastructural and cultural sectors, while it has one of the world's largest cycling networks and is the birthplace of the world-renowned Cyclavir. I'm delighted to be joined today by Pablo Nieto. Pablo is a native of the city with experience of Colombian politics and current affairs, and is Bogota's first independent bicycle mayor. Hi Pablo, how are you? And can you let us know where you're joining us from? Hi Charles, uh, I am fine. Thanks for having me here. I speak to you from the city of Bogota, the capital of Colombia. Uh, one of the most important cities in Latin America in terms of its economy, population, and geopolitical relevance. Can you briefly explain a bit about Bogota's geography and the ways in which people navigate the city? Yeah, this, the city is located in the center of Colombia at an altitude of about 2,600 meters above the sea level, uh, making it the third highest capital in South America. It has a total area of about 1,600 square kilometers and a urban area of 300 square kilometers. So about 23% of the land is urbane, while 75% uh, is rural. The land where the city is located was formerly a lake. Therefore, uh, the existence of important wetlands and other ecosystems that cover some rural sectors at the borders of the city. According to several studies, Bogota is one of the most densely populated cities in the world, with about 25,000 people per square kilometer. There is three times the density of Paris, for example, and twice that of Mexico City. More affluent residents live in the north of the city uh, and less affluent residents live in the south, uh, where a large part of the industrial activity takes place. Bogota is divided into 20 small municipalities called localities or localidades in, in Spanish. 19 urban and only one rural, which is called Sumapaz and has the largest uh, extension. Several uh, of these were in the past uh, just adjacent towns to the city. Each locality is made up of, of several neighborhoods. Some of the best known are, uh, for example, La Candelaria, where the historic center is located, but also there you can find the political and administrative center of Colombia, the presidential house, the Congress, the high courts, and the Bogota City Hall, uh, among other entities of the national and local order, are located. Other 
areas of strategic importance for the city are the financial center located in the north and the business centers located near the airport and also in the north of Bogota, all connected by large avenues where the public transport system operates. In Bogota, more than 13 million trips are made daily. Service indicate that 67% of trips are made through sustainable modes, that is by walk, bicycle, public transport, and electric scooters. In the city, 41% of people make their trips through public transport, which includes bus rapid transit network called Transmilenio, conventional buses, and taxis. About 24% move by walking, 15% by car, 7% by bicycle, and 5% by motorcycles. A metro has been planned but has not yet started construction. On the other hand, Cycling is important to the city. Bogota has the largest cycling network in Latin America and one of the largest in the world. Daily, about 1 million trips are made by bicycle. You mentioned the importance of the bicycle. Can you now describe the work of bikes and your role as Bogota's bicycle mayor? Sure, Charles. Bikes is an Amsterdam-based social enterprise forming uh, 2016, which advocates that bicycles transform cities and that cities transform the world. Bikes' main mission is the 50 by 30, which aims for 50% of city trips to be made by bike by 2030. An international network which works with businesses, governments, and nonprofits to initiate, scale, and unlock ideas which elevate and amplify the full potential of cycling in cities across the world. This, this supports the UN Sustainable Development Goals and supports the idea that cycling is more than transportation. It is really transformation. The Bicycle Mayor Program supports over 100 uh, mayors globally and we identify and work on local challenges, but act according to, be, uh, to a shared set of standards to accelerate cycling adoption. In my case, I started a year ago and I developed my activities in three specific fields. First, I work to empower vulnerable populations through the bicycle. We changed the lives of people who suffered the, the armed conflict in my country through, for example, the donation of bicycles that were repaired and rescued by citizens who, who voluntarily wanted to contribute. Second, I promote bicycle ventures through the holding of events and small markets in which we also promote local culture, art and music. And third, I work to improve road safety since without a doubt the death of cyclists, cyclists due to world accidents in Bogota is a problem that in many cases keeps people away from the bicycle. We want to carry out citizen culture campaigns and activities on knowledge and compliance with traffic regulations. It's important to point out that I am independent of the city authorities, while I have relationships with uh, city organizations, politicians, the private and academic sector, and some members of the Bogota City Hall. My main role is that I work to articulate people and organizations to promote the use of the bicycle. 
Can you describe the ways in which Colombia has responded to COVID-19 and the specific measures which have been implemented in Bogota? Bogota and Colombia is finishing the sixth extension of mandatory self-isolation, which began in late March. Different sectors of the economy are opening up at different times, but people must stick to security protocols and maintain social distancing. 280,000 COVID-19 tests have been carried out in Colombia, with 19% being negative. Colombia registered about 1,000 deaths and about 11,000 people have recovered. The national government has generated subsidies for the people and companies most affected. In Bogota, which has a population of around 7.4 million people, about 300 people have died. Mandatory isolation was extended until June 15, and in some localities, uh, which high rates of contagion, such as Kennedy, a stricter confinement was declared. The bike has been an important tool for the mayor to manage this crisis and ensure that people are able to socially distance. The city acted quickly and installed 80 kilometers of emergency cycleways, in addition to the the existing 550 kilometers of bike lanes. Some of the temporary bike lanes will become permanent. If we now turn to look at the governance of the city, And as you said there, Bogota were among the first cities to quickly install emergency cycle lanes in response to the pandemic. Can you therefore explain how the incumbent mayor, Claudia Lopez, was able to get the measures passed so quickly? Yes, Charles, really two things. First, the mayors in Colombia have the power and autonomy to organize the resources of mobility in their cities as they prefer. So since the mayor of Bogota has always promoted the use of bicycle, she did not hesitate to take advantage of the opportunity and expand the bike lane system in order to offer people an alternative means of transportation that guarantees distance, strengthens their immune system, and helps to avoid over-occupation of mass public transport. Also, the mayor has the advantage that the local mayors of the 20 localities are very unlikely to oppose her decisions since they are elected by the mayors herself. Second, I think it's the culture of this of cycling in Bogota and the way that the current administration and the past administration have promoted it. This means that people accept the cycleways in a way that they perhaps do not in other countries. In addition, the health emergency allows the mayors and governors of the country to have the resources of their budget to take the extraordinary measures that are necessary in order to protect the communities in the regions against the pandemic. So you've just highlighted the level of autonomy which the city's mayor has in responding to emergencies, but also how the makeup of the city government effectively enables this. Could you expand upon the significance of the mayor's office in Bogota? The mayor of Bogota is considered the second most powerful politician in the country after the president. The public understands that the mayor is a stepping stone to the presidency and that mayors will try to implement their civic program for Bogota with one eye on the presidency. Bogota has the largest population in the country, so its demographics are highly relevant in times of elections. Also, Managing the country's capital 
means governing the capital center of Colombia, since the three branches of public power are in the city and the rest of the country is governed from Bogota. Finally, economically, who governs Bogota has the largest public budget for its operation, which means that compared to other capitals, Bogota has greater financial support. So two former Bogota mayors who did in fact unsuccessfully run for the Colombian presidency are Antanas Mocas and Enrique Peñalosa. Both are considered to be influential in improving the city from the mid-1990s to the present day. Can you firstly describe the situation in Bogota when Antanas Mocas became mayor and then highlight some of the unorthodox methods he employed to promote a new social agenda? Bogota had a bad reputation in the 1980s and early 1990s on into high levels of violent crime, corruption and urban decay. Mocus was an independent candidate and outsider for the office of mayor, but won the election in 1995 by a landslide as the public considered him to be more honest than other politicians. Mocus was previously a university professor and after being elected, quickly appointed a city council of academics, which devised many unorthodox methods to try to change people's behavior. This included initiatives such as hiring uh, 420 mimes to direct traffic and a white and a red card system for drivers that rate the behavior of other drivers. This created a new brand of public policy and encouraged road users, pedestrians, cars, and bike users to adapt new conduct. He helped to shape uh, a new culture around the way people act in the city. Um, his administration uh, achieved a 50% reduction uh, in traffic fatalities, improvements in water usage and sea wash, and he pursued 63,000 residents to pay an extra 10% in taxes towards improved city services. So as he outlined there, Mokas really campaigned and governed on a progressive platform, which seemingly broke away from the corrupt practices and nepotism which previous mayors had employed, in addition to promoting this culture of civic morality and responsibility. Shortly after Mokas, another independent mayor was elected, Enrique Peñalosa. Can you explain what transport initiatives Peñalosa introduced during his multiple terms as mayor of Bogotá, and in particular his role in building the city's celebrated cycleways? Peñalosa was first elected in 1998 and gained in uh, 2015. During his first term, he developed five big infrastructure projects, including the Transmillennial Bus Network and the district system of parks, which included the expansion of the Ciclorutas Cycle Network. The Ciclorutas Network is the urban infrastructure of exclusive lanes for the circulation of bicycles and other means of active mobility. It is the longest in Latin America and one of the longest in the world. It has a total extension of 550 kilometers and includes about 30 routes, of which five of these have an extension of more than 20 kilometers. Most are connected at some points, which contributes to the fluidity of bicycle transport. In addition to promoting cycling, Peñalosa's scheme, Pico y Placa, aimed to reduce car use regulating traffic during rush hour. This traffic regulation imposes a mandatory movement restriction in the urban area on private and public vehicles, at times with the highest traffic flow, in order to reduce the collapse of mobility during these hours. 
every year the restriction day is changed according the license plate number of the vehicles. The measure has also contributed to reducing air pollution. Another important achievement uh, of the former mayor is the contracting of the metroworks that are expected to start this year. This has been one of the most anticipated projects by all citizens in Bogota. Great, so we're now going to turn our attention to city transport, but we're going to stay with the theme of cycling. Can you explain what the Ciclovia is and why it is culturally so significant for the city of Bogota? Ciclovia, uh, or cycleway, is the practice of temporarily turning uh, 120 kilometers of city streets into cycleway. Each Sunday and public holiday, streets are closed to cars and open to cyclists and pedestrians between 7 a.m. and 2 p.m. Started in 1974 and became official in 1976. Approximately 1.5 million people participated every week. The Ciclovia was born as an act of appropriation of the streets, displacing vehicles to create a recreational space for citizens of all ages. The initiative was led by an independent nonprofit organization called ProCicla and the Department of Transportation of the time. Initially, two city roads were enabled for three hours for bicycle traffic. The event was attended by more than 5,000 people who came out to protest against the proliferation of cars, environmental pollution, and the lack of recreational spaces in the city. So following on from that, one of the key tenets of Ciclavir is that everyone is welcome and everyone is equal. How important then is Ciclavir in promoting social cohesion in the city? Yeah, Ciclovia brings people uh, of different classes and different colors together in the same space. Also, the economic importance of Ciclovia is relevant for the subsistence of people that are not so well. The culture that is made up in the Ciclovia is really important because food, for example, and uh, artistic demonstrations are happen in Ciclovia all Sundays and only holidays. As you mentioned there, Ciclovia is about much more than just cycling, as it is in many ways integral to people's identity and the ways in which they make their living. However, owing to the pandemic, it is currently suspended. So how hopeful are you that Ciclovia will not only return to normal, but continue to grow in the months and years ahead? I hope that when we get out of the quarantine, people are going to go out more to the Ciclovia. Today, uh, more than ever, I think, people are realizing the value of sport and physical activities for health. Yes, that's a pertinent point. And as you've touched upon in earlier answers, one of the most immediate benefits of cycling is that it does enable people to not only exercise, but move in an enjoyable, equitable, and ultimately empowering way. In fact, it was Peñalosa who famously said that A quality city is not one that has great roads, but one where a child can safely go anywhere on a bicycle. Can you provide a few examples of the ways in which cycling in Bogota has promoted inclusivity and has helped to support vulnerable groups? Sure. Two programs to highlight. First is Al Colegio en Bici, in English to School by Bike. It's an initiative that arose in the administration of the former Mayor Peñalosa. It seeks to instill the bicycle as a healthy and sustainable means of transport in children in public schools. To achieve this, 
daily escorted routes are organized between schools and meeting points close to homes. The mayor's office uh, is in charge of providing the bicycles and taking care of the children during the trips. The second program uh, is Al Trabajo en Bici, in English, to work by bike, which was recently launched by the current administration. It's a gender-focused uh, initiative that seeks to create safe environments for bicycle infrastructure in Bogota. The first phase includes a bicycle guide for traveling through safe areas, which bicycle workshops will be installed and there will be police surveillance. This initiative is expected to increase the number of women who move by bicycle in the city. Plan BC is the city's ambitious four-year strategy to double the number of cycling trips to 10% of journeys made by all transport modes by 2020. Though cycling is widespread in Bogota, can you touch upon some of the challenges faced by those who cycle in the city? Plan BC was the roadmap for public policy on bicycles for the administration of former mayor Enrique Peñalosa. Without a doubt, it was a very successful especially in the, with the expansion of bicycle infrastructure. The new bicycle policy to be implemented by the current administration will develop important projects such as the construction of a, a large highway called Ciclo Alameda del Medio Milenio that will connect the south with the north of the city on a 25-kilometer route that will support 43,000 trips per day. However, challenges remain. Theft and organized crimes leaves nearly 8,000 bicycles stolen a year in Bogota. Around 60 cyclists die each year in Bogota in road accidents. And a part of the bicycle infrastructure does not have optimal security conditions, such as lighting, signaling, and connection. This has increased the vulnerability of cyclists on the streets, challenges that must be jointly addressed by people and authorities. So you spoke earlier about how part of your role as a bicycle mayor is to encourage safer cycling in this city. Can you now explain what you plan to do to encourage this? As I said, around 60 cyclists die each year in Bogota due to road accidents. It is a very high figure compared to other countries in the region. There are three main causes of cyclists' road accidents in Bogota. First, the behavior on the roads. The aggressive attitude of the road actors causes accidents. At this point, there is a need to carry out pedagogy and awareness campaigns in companies and citizens. Second, cyclists do not know the traffic regulations. According to studies, 80% of cyclists do not know the traffic code. Again, awareness campaigns and education are necessary. And three, design failures and condition of bicycle routes causes cyclists to share the route with cars, increasing the possibility of accidents. Here, we have to make the situation visible so that the authorities take measures. Earlier, you mentioned that many people use e-scooters. So do you think that e-scooters are a good mode of transport in the city, especially given that there's such an extensive cycle network which riders can use? Electric scooters are a recent means of mobility in Bogota. Its operation started strongly in 2018. The main companies are Movo Mobility from the the business group that includes Cabify, for example, and uh, the Mexican Green Scooter. Line Network from the USA 
left the country this year after deciding to have a smaller share market in, in, in the region. On the other hand, motorcycle companies and chain stores have increased their offer of electric scooters in the city. At the end of last year, the administration of the former mayor Peñalosa launched the initial regulation of electric scooters in Bogota. The electric scooters companies had to pay more than $300,000 to the city for the use of public space. This money was used in part to build scooter parking lots that have the capacity to store 30 scooters each. For no reason, these scooters parking lots may hinder vehicular entrances and exits, access ramps, school bus stops, hospitals, banks, among other places. Electric scooters that are not in these parking lots will have to be placed in a row on the track next to the edge of the platforms. Users will also have to follow some rules when uh, using electric scooters. For example, they will not able to move at more than 20 kilometers per hour or drive under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Also, they must use the network of cycle lanes and they will not be able to move on the platforms or between cars. Also, they will always have to wear a helmet, something that generally does, does not happen. This regulation also defined the areas where the use of scooters is allowed. The companies that were authorized by the Bogota City Hall uh, had to present a road safety plan and we'll have to provide information that can be used by the local administration to improve urban planning and control the economic use of public space. Without a doubt, I think that electric scooters are perhaps one of the most innovative means of transport in, in recent times, and the benefits for cities and users are undeniable. Its use contributes to the reduction of traffic and care of the environment and air quality. They also contribute to reducing the occupation of the public transport system, so important in these times of pandemic. And actually, it is a fast and efficient mobility alternative for people who make short trips in the city. It is also a positive aspect that due to their popularity, motor vehicle companies now have electric scooters business lines, uh, which without a doubt are more sustainable. However, there are also some disadvantages. Perhaps the main one is the competition with pedestrians for public space. Although the regulation requires that electric scooters that are not being used must be left in the installed parking lots, this doesn't always happen. In most cases, scooters obstruct the mobility of pedestrians on the platforms. I think it is a matter of citizen behavior that, if not improved, will generate stricter regulations. However, the wide network of bicycle lanes in Bogota has made the, this situation with pedestrians not as critical as in other cities in the world. And so far, the coexistence between cyclists and electric scooters users has not brought relevant problems since the average speed is almost the same. Let's now look at other modes of transport in Bogota as exactly 20 years ago the city introduced the Transmilenio bus rapid transit system which prior to the pandemic consistently accounted for approximately 70% of journeys in the city. Can you explain what bus rapid transit is and how it has shaped the city? 
Post Rapid Transit, known as BRT, originated in Curitiba, Brazil in 1974. BRT is designed to achieve the same advantages as urban train system, including greater capacity, frequency, and speed. The big advantage here is much lower cost as there is no tunneling or electrification required. The advantages of BRT achieved by a few key principles, including raised bus stations with multiple doors and platforms level boarding, dedicated right-of-way and alignment of bus routes, off-board fare collection, um, speed-up boarding and, and aligning. Bogota tried several times to build a heavy trail transit, but costs were too high. With the problem of traffic congestion and pollution reaching all-time highs, Mayor Peñalosa agreed for a BRT system to build following the example of Curitiba and Sao Paulo, but a much bigger scale. BRT is suited to Bogota because it is a dense, uh, but also a geographically spread out city with low levels of car ownership. Typically, the BRT serves around 70% of the population, some 2.4 million passengers a day. Without a doubt, the BRT system contributes to a further and more orderly distribution of public space. The large uh, highways that were previously reserved for cars are now shared with buses that have exclusive lanes to transport most of the population. It is really a victory for the people. However, there are still challenges in articulating with other means of transport, such as the bicycle. For example, the bicycle routes must, must be connected to the BRT routes and cycle parks must be adapted in the terminals. If we now focus on the urban realm and its health implications, especially with regard to the Transmillennial, which has been criticised on the one hand for not providing enough supply to meet the demand of its users, and on the other hand for being a source of the city's poor air quality levels, what are the city's authorities doing to tackle this? The Transmillennial does, does not meet the demands of the people. Uh, lines are under strain and the original master plan target of 380 kilometers of dedicated lines has not been fulfilled. Buses uh, are at more than capacity and the price of the ticket is uh, one of the most expensive in the region after Caracas, Sao Paulo and Santiago. The only viable alternative to mass transportation in the city is metro. The mayor, Claudia Lopez, is aware of this and has decided to ratify the director of the company in charge of managing the project that came from the last administration. Now, regarding air pollution, the main sources of polluting emissions are diesel vehicles, such as trucks, vans, buses, and dump trucks. Industries that use fuels such as coal and fuel oil are also important sources of pollution. Therefore, the local administration is designing the zero and low emission mobility policy in order to generate incentives to promote clean mobility. Also, Bogota has a standard on electric mobility that seeks to stimulate the use of this type of vehicles by citizens as well as promoting the renewal of clean technologies in official vehicles and also in the public transport fleet in order to improve air quality and public health. In addition, the administration continues promoting the use of the bicycle in the city. Currently, 
80 kilometers of temporary cycle lanes have been established as a means of mitigating COVID-19. The mayor's office announced that the vast majority of these cycle lanes will be permanent. So the bicycle infrastructure will continue to grow. This is certainly an important incentive for people to opt for sustainable means of transportation in the city. And finally, the pandemic has led many global cities to reconsider their allocation of public space and question what the real purpose of a city street is. How do you hope that the pandemic will change people's use of space in Bogota and who will benefit from this and why? Many global cities are closing their streets to cars and opening them to pedestrians and cyclists. I think the pandemic has made us think about how we manage public space and how it is distributed. The dynamics of the new normality have brought some social justice in this regard. People in cities like Bogota who have been relegated to walking on narrow sidewalks or cyclists who have been forced to move on the same roads as cars putting their life at risk, now begin to gain the space they should always have. This is an important advance to improve the quality of life of people in developing cities. And that's it. So thank you, Pablo, for joining me today. Uh, Thank you, Charles. Uh, It was really an honour. So just a reminder that you can learn more about the transformative work which Pablo and Bikes are doing in Bogota by following him on Twitter at A-L-C-A-L-D-E-B-I-C-I-B-O-G while you can find out more about the Bikes Bicycle Mayor program online at bycs.org. I'd like to thank you for joining us and if you did enjoy today's episode, please do take the time to leave a comment, tell your friends and of course please do subscribe. Finally, please join us again for our next episode where we'll be taking a look at how another global city is responding to the transport, urban and environmental challenges posed by COVID-19.